hear me? Yes, I can. Hi, Alex. Hey, Noor. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm fantastic. Where am I finding you? I'm out of Ohio. You were at the rally I saw a few days ago. That was epic. Yeah, it was uh, It was really cool, and I got really close. Apparently, there were 30,000 people there. The images were incredible. No, it was uh, really sweet. I kind of made a lot of eye contact with President Trump, too, which was kind of <laughs> cool. So I was so happy to see he's in such good shape. Yeah, I think he's lost like 20 pounds since leaving office, what they've been saying. He looks really healthy. Yeah, a lot of energy, really strong. It's what we need. Yeah, absolutely. Especially ahead of what's about to come out of the audits. And the reason why I wanted to chat with you is because I follow you on Twitter. You're one of my favorite accounts. And I see that you're on top of the election fraud. You have been since November 3rd. And what we do have in common, I think, is that we both agree that without rectifying 2020, there isn't a country anymore, and 2022 and 2024, well, don't matter at all. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're a constitutional republic in America, and when our votes are stolen from us, then we're no longer a republic, and everything else from there goes down the drain. So I always say there's no such thing as 2024 until 2020 gets fixed. There's no 2022, there's no 2024, until we can fix 2020. I don't want to see Trump 2024 on anyone's shirts, on anyone's cars, on anyone's flags. You know, we've got to still focus on 2020. Amen to that. And um, speaking to you from over here in Europe, I think it would be incredibly valuable because of the bottleneck of the regime media it's actually even tighter over here than in America. But a lot of people don't really entertain that discussion. They believe that, you know, Joe Biden won the 2020 election when we know it's mathematically impossible. And considering how closely you follow this, and we follow the same people, but you've really been on top of the subject, if you could give kind of a roundup of where we are now since November. Just a recap, I think, would make a lot of sense ahead of this dam that is about to break. And in words of General Flynn a few days ago, the, the information that is going to shock so many people. Yeah. Well, if anyone's listening who, like you said, actually thinks Joe Biden got 81 million votes, <laughs> um, I mean, there, there are a lot of things to look at there. Uh, first... You know, I have, a, I have a business and marketing background, so when I was in sales, if I didn't make any calls, I didn't make any sales, you know, and, and it's, it's really that simple. If you run ads and nobody sees the ad, nobody's going to buy whatever it is you're selling. Joe Biden, as you and I both know, hid in his basement for months leading up to the election because everybody could tell that he had Alzheimer's, you know, that, that he would always say something racist or creepy uh, whenever he left the basement. Yes. So while, while he hid in his basement for months and months on end, even canceled a debate with, with President Trump. You know, President Trump was doing rallies, and there was a span of, I think, 10 days where he did like 57 rallies. 
mm-hmm. each of them having 30, 40, 50,000 people at them. I watched almost all the rallies leading up to the election, and his best rallies were in Michigan and Wisconsin and Arizona. And you could just tell that they're totally red. And you look at Maricopa County specifically, to bring it back to what we're about to see, Maricopa County had a 96-mile Trump parade leading up to the election. So, so that doesn't happen in Biden country. No. Uh, not, not to mention all the statistical abnormalities, the fact that there were, I think, 20 million more votes than there were actual registered voters. You know, Mike Lindell's done great stuff on it, as you know. Yes. Uh, the, there's lots of info out there about why the election was rigged. Uh, the fact that, you know, coronavirus very much, or, you know, as, as we like to call it, the China virus, it very much accelerated the New World Order, the Great Reset, and, you know, frankly, the, the spread of communism. And it was, you know, it was a bioweapon sent from China. And Tony Fauci's emails came out not too long ago, as you know, and we learned a lot of things from those emails. We learned that it was a bioweapon, and people emailed him with, this is how the bioweapon was made. We learned that China cured their people with hydroxychloroquine. And I also encourage anybody who's listening, if you haven't yet, to look up Event 201. Are you familiar with that, Norm? Yes, yeah, which so. happened in September 2019, right, right before the outbreak. Right. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Event 201, look it up while it's still on the Internet. I can't believe they haven't wiped it from the Internet yet. Mm-hmm. But it's this 2019 meeting with Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, with the head of America's CDC, with the head of China's CDC, with CEOs from Johnson & Johnson, MSNBC, and, you know, the, the list goes on and on. But all these, oh, you know, and it was a World Economic Forum event, but they simulated what would happen if a coronavirus pandemic broke out into the world. Mm-hmm. And they literally show us their advertisements for the vaccines, et cetera, et cetera. So to bring it back to the election, it was obviously a scam to rig the presidential election with mail-in voting. And people always say, who haven't been following us closely, they said, well, if Trump knew that this was going to happen, why didn't he stop it? Or, you know, people say he got caught off guard which he didn't get caught off guard. Not they at were all. Fighting, they were fighting not only the mail-in ballots. Well, well, yeah, the mail-in ballots. In all these states, they changed their election laws right before the election, and they didn't do it the constitutional way. They didn't go through the Senate and the legislatures who are in charge of the elections. No, Instead, they... Um, no, but they then they'll, they'll, they'll tell us in their, their time expose that they were simply fortifying the election. Right. But you're exactly right, Alex. I mean, there are different motives behind this corona outbreak, which took place earlier in 2020. Well, it started late 2019, but in effect started having repercussions in the election year. 
And yes, we know it came from China, but as you said, from the emails with financing from Fauci and Dazak and all these, this crew. And while there are different uh, motives behind this, clearly one of the main goals was to disrupt the 2020 elections and, and justify this flooding of ballots. It's very obvious to us because we've, we've been following this so closely, but for some people, they were just, or and again, especially here in Europe, they were just very happy to take at face value the media it was the media that called the election, first of all, which is completely unconstitutional. Four days later, I believe on November 7, and so it was just a, a given that Joe Biden was to uh, be inaugurated the following January. And I remember very vividly, because I, w I was here in Switzerland, but I'd stayed up to watch live the evening unfold, and we had those several states that just stopped counting in the middle of the night, if you can tell us a little bit about that, and then the subsequent hearings that we that we saw between November 3rd and the certification on January 6th, that, that time frame where, you know, we talk about the audits now and the, the information that's going to come to light, which is basically just a procedure to formalize everything, but so much of the proof has been out in the open this whole time. Yeah. So if you can talk a bit about that, it would be great. Yeah, so... In America, we have something called election day, where people take off work, you know, they, they do whatever, and they go and they vote in person on election day. And if they can't do that, for some reason, we have mail-in ballots where you send in your information and they send you a mail-in ballot. What Trump was saying at all these rallies leading up to November 3rd, he said that they are sending tens of millions of, I, I believe 80 million was the number, unsolicited ballots through the mail, meaning nobody asked for them and they just showed up and he said nobody knows where they're going or even worse, someone does know where they're going and, it, and it's not going to be good. So he called it and you're exactly right, on the night of November 3rd, President Trump was winning by a landslide. He won Ohio. He won Florida. When you win Ohio and you win Florida in the United States, it's common knowledge that you win the election. Yes. Those are the two states, the two swing states. They could go Democrat. They could go Republican. But Trump won both of those in a landslide, despite all the fraud that we ended up seeing later there, which we can get into. But, yeah, he was winning in all those swing states. And then in Georgia, they said, oh, we had a water, a water line break and everyone needs to stop counting votes right now. Mm -hmm. So they stopped counting votes in Georgia and simultaneously they stopped counting votes in, I believe, four other states. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, what we all saw later on was that. They cleared the building in Georgia with all the uh, all the counters. Then after everybody left, which later they admitted it wasn't a waterline break, it was you know an overflowing toilet. Yeah. yeah. So, but they all left, and then comes in Ruby Freeman, yes. dragging out suitcases uh, from under the table with 
ballots. And, and they go and they scan the ballots multiple times and their Biden ballots that just mysteriously showed up. And we have the footage. We have the video footage of this happening with uh, with Ruby. And um, just to mention it, but as you said, President Trump was leading by hundreds of thousands of votes in those five key states. And magically, uh, we wake up the next morning and hundreds of thousands of votes were magically injected to give yeah. Biden the lead in all those states. We, we know, we, we follow the brave patriots who are putting everything on the line. Sidney Powell, General Flynn, Mike Lindell, Lynn yeah. Wood, and Joe Van Pulitzer, all these guys who have been relentlessly pursuing this. And not just them, you know, all the people who, who went and testified in those hearings that I mentioned a bit earlier that took place uh, in the winter before January 6th, all the people who signed the affidavits stating that there had been clearly abuses and improper conduct when it came to the manipulation of the ballots, etc. And so we've seen all of this play out. What is your hope now with this formalization of the process with the with the audits? What can we expect the right. next coming weeks? Right. So what we really have to keep our eyes on, as you know, is the Arizona audit. The Arizona audit is the first ever forensic audit in the history of the galaxy of an election, <laughs> much less a presidential election. And it's, uh, it's being widely recognized on a bipartisan basis, as, as bipartisan as, you know, possible some Democrats can get. Yeah, <laughs> but it's being it's being widely recognized as the gold standard of audits. Mm -hmm. And at this point, over 20 states have sent delegates, whether they're state senators, in some cases it's former governors and other different positions within government, but over 20 states have sent people to go observe the Arizona audit. And that includes Georgia, that includes Wisconsin, Michigan, Virginia, Nevada, you name it. So there's a lot of really great prospects for future audits. But just looking at the Arizona audit, well, they are wrapping up. They just finished the counting of paper ballots. And now what they're doing is they're checking for voter registration anomalies. For example, there was a house in Maricopa County that 50 votes came out of. So they're going to be looking at things like that. Mm -hmm. They're also going to be looking if there were signatures on the envelopes, because if there's no signatures on the envelopes, they should never have been opened, mm -hmm. according to Ken Bennett. And in terms of time frame for the final report, they're looking at either early August, or he said it might even come out as early as late July. He did say, though, and people have been saying that there is expected to be a preliminary announcement about the audit because they're, they're hinting. Gateway Pundit said they expected yes. something this week. There was a um, leak um, that Gateway Pundit mentioned or published a couple of days yeah. ago. Did you see that with over 200,000 ballots unaccounted for? Yeah, our, our friend at Breb Daily, uh, yes. B-R-E-B Daily, 
posted on Twitter. I haven't reported on it because I don't, I'm not sure if that was a picture from a previous analysis that Mm -hmm. just popped up Mm -hmm. or what, but there are rumors going around. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, the final report's going to be in August. We'll hear a preliminary announcement either, you know, this coming week or probably maybe the next week. Karen fans said not to expect anything this week. So that being said, what do we know about the Arizona audit already? We know a lot. We know that between 20 to 25 percent of the boxes that were handed over from the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors were missing ballots. We've also heard that they've stuffed boxes with blank ballots just to make up the count. Um, We know that the machines that were handed over to, to the auditors in Maricopa County Apparently, they only handed over, this just came out a couple days ago, 60% of the machines that they use for voting, even though they were required by subpoena to hand over all the machines. They were also required by subpoena to hand over the passwords to the machines, but the Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, is pretending she doesn't know the password, and so is the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. So if they don't know the password... Who does? You know, is it Dominion or are they just lying like they usually do? The other thing we have we have to keep in mind is that we do know that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors received millions and millions of dollars from Mark Zuckerberg. And it's just a small group of like five bureaucrats and they got bribed big time to rig this election. Now, they have a court-ordered subpoena. They're totally ignoring it. If you or I did that, we'd get arrested. If General Flynn did that, he'd get arrested. If Linwood did that, he'd get arrested. But they have the benefit of living under the rule of Sheriff Paul Penzone. And I've been calling on Sheriff Paul Penzone to release his tax returns because it's pretty public knowledge, everyone knows that he took millions of dollars, $3 million from George Soros as campaign contributions. So as you know, you know, and as the Time article you referenced earlier pointed out, we have this cabal of Mark Zuckerberg, George Soros, Bill Gates, and all these people who think that they can buy American elections and sell it to China. And, th- and that's a real issue. So that's where we're at with the Arizona audit. Okay, I have two more questions for you and then I'll let you go. The first one is, what do you say to people who tell you, oh, well, anyway, the election has been certified, we won't be able to do anything about it, uh, what's the point? What, what do you say to those people? Yeah, I've uh, been very disappointed by a lot of, you know, conservatives out there who have done that. And I think, you know, at this point, Republicans are just used to losing. So they're just going to accept it. But people don't realize that this isn't about an election. This isn't about a president. This isn't about a political party or anything like that. This was a coup. This was an insurrection from communist China, with the help of Iran, with the help of Italy, and with the help of Germany. 
And we know that by looking at the cyber attacks from November 3rd. We also know that from ballots that came from China, which we're going to find out soon. So to answer your question, you know, what, what they usually say when they say that is they say there's no constitutional way to decertify an election. But what people don't understand is that the Constitution wasn't followed in this quote-unquote election. Sending a bioweapon and then stealing a presidential election, those are two very serious acts of war, mm-hmm. right? So fraud is not protected under the Constitution. As Code Monkey likes to say, fraud vitiates everything. Yes. So what's going to happen? We're looking at Arizona right now. Joe Biden, you know, quote unquote, won Arizona by 10,500 votes. And when we see how massive the fraud was in Arizona, which, by the way, my prediction, my conservative estimate, this is like lowest number, is I think there will be at least 200,000 illegal votes for Joe Biden. When that happens, it's going to have to go back to the legislature, and the legislature will have no other choice but to decertify that state. So, yeah, that's my answer to that, is the... You know, the states that certified, they certified fraud. And fraud, when it's discovered, like President Trump says, President Trump says, if a thief robs a diamond store and you catch them, it doesn't matter if you caught them the same day. It doesn't matter if you caught them the next month, next year, or 10 years from now. When you catch the diamond thief, the diamonds, or in this case, the 2020 presidential election must be returned. Absolutely. I agree with everything you just said. And and the point is that at the end of the day, this is based on a fraud and whatever constitutional avenue has to be invoked or created, it it just will be the case. And the patriots are not going to let a bunch of criminals, you know, you mentioned a few countries that, that were involved at the end of the day, this is a globalist takeover of America and patriots will not let that stand. The last question I wanted to ask you is, you know, I reached out to you because, I, as I said at the beginning of the conversation, I just really enjoy the content you put on Twitter, but I actually don't know much about you. I clearly can tell that you're motivated by your love for your country. What does this mean to you, and why have you decided to dedicate your time to, to fighting this? Yeah, well, my background, like I mentioned earlier, is in business and in sales, And before I ever really paid attention to politics, I was actually relatively apolitical not too long ago, you know, 2015 time. And in that time and before, I was reading Donald Trump, the businessman's books. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing to me because everything I was reading that he was talking about was succeeding in business. He was using those exact same principles to do well and, you know, make history being a businessman that took down the Clinton dynasty, took down the Bush dynasty. You know, when I looked at the 2016 election, I hoped that President Trump would win, but I actually assumed that Hillary Clinton would rig it for herself because I knew how corrupt the political system was. I'm also really motivated by, you know, and something that I've known about for a very long time, that there is a satanic cabal of child sex traffickers 
that run this country and that yes. run the world. Yes. And their agenda is pushing full steam ahead like nobody's ever imagined before. And, you know, they covered up the election just like they covered up Epstein's death. Mm-hmm. And it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about even President Trump as much as I love him. It is about saving the children. And what I've noticed the past few years, past couple years especially, is that there is a great awakening going on where people all over the world are waking up to what I've known and what some other people have known for a long, long time. And it just came to light, you know, even more so looking at Joe Biden, uh, you know, sniffing and diddling kids on the campaign trail. Yes. So people see what's going on. People see that. Yeah, go ahead. This is exactly what is going on. And and you've referred to it, you know, the great awakening. And you've said a lot of people have been aware for a very long time. But this is the great gift that Trump gave to the world by running in uh, 2015, is that for those who weren't, he really acted as this jolt to wake up people who were completely asleep to how the world works and what is going on behind the scenes. Because over so many years, they've just infiltrated so many realms of society to cover up everything that they've been doing. And Hillary Clinton, as you said, everybody expected her to go through and she was going to usher in these final stages of their new world order plan, you know, that they've concocted and implemented with the help of all these international organizations like the UN and the World Economic Forum with the one key goal of just enslaving all of us in a CCP-style type of uh, society whereby we are all living under the thumb of a surveillance, supranational-type state. And the left-field win of uh, President Trump in 2016 woke up a lot of people to that plot, and uh, we can't let that happen. And as you said, it's much bigger than each of us, but each of us has to relay the information and to expose all these people's horrible deeds. Absolutely. And, you know, you look at the laptop from hell, Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah. Another way that Zuckerberg committed treason and covered up the election, and I guess so did Jack Dorsey in this case. I hope he doesn't ban me now that I mentioned him. Yeah. But (laughs) but I guess guess Trump's coming out with a platform soon is what we hear. But you look at that laptop, 10% for the big guy. We know that Joe Biden is completely compromised by the Communist Party of China. You know, we know on Hunter's laptop that he is, I mean, right on the laptop, he's committing wicked sex acts with kids. um, and, And the Secret Service is helping him cover up. And the FBI and maybe the ATF are also helping him cover it up. And we can't let this happen to our country. If they steal this election, I always say one election, one stolen election is enough to steal a country. That's all they need. There is no looking at 2024. We have to look at 2020 and we have to be honest and be frank about the fraud and the act of war that was committed on our country. Yeah. Uh, As you say, uh... The FBI is in possession of many interesting uh, computers. 
and what's going on behind the scenes is incredibly dark. But I'll, I'd love to have you back on perhaps later in the summer to talk about the results of the audits again. Nor anytime, and thank you for what you're doing. People don't know this, but I actually reached out to you before you reached out to me just because I, I saw you uh, almost get arrested for flying that Trump flag out there. And I saw your interview with InfoWars after that, too, where you were saying, well, I thought this was a free country. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a shame that across the world, really, freedom has decayed rapidly and, and they've used the virus as an excuse. I mean, look at Canada. Canada yes. is a, a police state now. And you know, the there's UK. pastors getting beaten up and yeah. arrested and politicians getting arrested just for, you know, have, having little get-togethers. So, you know, one of the other reasons I think it's so important that America gets this fixed is so that the rest of the world can be free once again as well. I couldn't have said it better. You nailed it, Alex. And we're all uh, looking from across the world at America. Our eyes are fixed on you because... If America falls, the rest of the world falls. Sure. Thank you so much, Alex. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Nor. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.